Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Car seats can be such a pain in the butt. Necessary, of course, but annoying. The day I could use a booster seat instead of a seat with the harness strap was a complete revelation. To think that one day my children will be able to get in the car and strap themselves in without a booster seat or anything is very exciting. Unfortunately, many parents in Australia are leaping into the freedom of no boosters too soon. Dr. Anthea Rhodes is the director of the Royal Children's Hospital's National Child Health Poll. Hi, Anthea. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Good. How are you? Good. Now, this latest study you've released is all about car seat safety. How many parents are taking their kids out of their booster seats before it's safe to do so? Yeah, we found in this study that around two-thirds of parents are taking children out of the booster before the recommended safest height of 145 centimetres. And mostly this was because parents, in fact, are just not aware that it's safer to keep their child in the booster longer than the law says, which is age seven. Right, because it's all about where the strap falls. Is that correct? Absolutely. So an adult seatbelt is designed to fit a person of at least 145 centimetres tall. And if uh, a child shorter than that sits in that seatbelt, it rests in potentially pretty dangerous places across the child's body. So the sash part of the belt comes to lie right across the front of their neck often rather than down over the shoulder blade. And the lap part is high up across the soft part of the tummy rather than low across the hips. And so then if a child is in an accident with the belt lying in those places, the belt itself can and does contribute to very serious injuries. When it comes to height, though, is it fair to say that some people have longer torsos than others? I'm speaking as a freakishly long torsoed person myself. (laughs) Um, Some parents could hear that and say, okay, well, they're not quite 145 centimetres, but their torso is longer than their legs or something like that. Yes, absolutely. So you're right. And there's an additional process that helps to, I guess, double check whether at that 145 centimetres they're good to go or whether you're saying maybe slightly earlier if they had a long body. So that's what we call the five-step test. So once your child is approaching 145 centimetres, that's when parents should have a look at how they fit in the seat of the car without a booster with that seatbelt on. And there's five things that they need to be able to do for that to be safe. So the first is they need to have their back flat against the back of the seat. The second thing is that their knees need to sit and wrap comfortably over the front of that seat. So they're not sitting back with their legs up straight and knees halfway back up the seat. The third thing is that that sash part of the belt sits across the shoulder, not across the neck. Number four is the tummy part of the belt sits low across the hips, not high across the belly. And number five is that they can stay seated like that for the whole journey. And that is an interesting point, that last one about staying seated. Because I, when I've put my kids into booster seats and they've had the seatbelt on them, because they're so used to having a harness across them where they can't move, often they're kind of going forward and back and, you know, just moving about, which Absolutely. seems completely unsafe to me. <laughs> it certainly is, is much less safe if they're moving around a lot in that within that seatbelt. Because if you happen to be in a collision at a time when it's not you know, fitting in the right way, then the the child is at risk of much more serious injury. So having them being able to 
for the most part, sit still with that seatbelt fitting correctly is part of the whole equation. Now, talk to me about um, one of the things most siblings will fight about at some point in their life, and that is travelling in the front seat of a car. Yeah. We used to always call dibs on it. Um, but what is the recommendation or the height recommendation for when it's safe for a child to sit in the front seat of the car? Yeah, so the best practice guidelines are that children under 13, so up to and including 12, are safest seated in the back of the car. And if there is an available seat in the back of the car, then they should always be using that seat. If they're in the front and they're under 13, their risk of serious injury or death is more than doubled in the event of a crash. Yeah, And, And that's purely based on height and the dashboard or...? It's a combination of things. So part of that is to do with height. Part of it is to do with um, weight and size of a child relative to the airbag. So in the front of a car, the vast majority of vehicles in Australia today are fitted with airbags, which are are great safety devices. But they're designed to um, be enacted with quite a lot of force to counter the force of a typical adult moving forward in the event of a crash If you have a much smaller child, the airbag itself can and does contribute to injury because it's too forceful for that child and it hits the child in the face rather than in the torso where it's designed to hit an adult. So the airbag up front is part of the problem. Right. And so we just say not until you're 13. Not until you're 13. And we found in the study and exactly what you're talking about, and I've got three, you know, primary school age kids myself, one of the big barriers is that attitude um, sort of issue for kids. They want to be up front. They feel like it's a bit of a milestone to ride up front. Some parents said, you know, I quite like having my child up front with me. Um, but really, unfortunately, it's about kind of trying to turn that attitude around and thinking about safety first, as much as it might not sound very exciting, and having that difficult conversation and just saying, you know what, it's not safe for you yet. You need to be in the back until you're 13. Speaking about uh, difficult situations, toddlers travelling backwards. I know um, there's a recommendation for when it's safe for them to face forward. Lots of parents struggle with children hating trading. <laughs> they actually hate travelling backwards. Um, what is the age recommendation when it comes to um, children and forward-facing chairs? Yeah, so it's probably good to explain why it's so important as well. Mm. So when a child is young, so um, sort of under two years of age, they have a pretty big head compared to the size of their body, which you probably notice if you look at your own infant or toddler. That's why they're often falling over and bumping their heads as well because they're quite (laughs) head heavy. They don't really have much of a neck. Little infants and toddlers don't really grow a neck until they kind of hit that preschooler age there. And then in the event of a crash, if they're sitting in a forward-facing seat, because of the short um, and relative weakness of the neck compared to that size of the head, they're really at risk of severe head and neck injuries if they're facing forward. Whereas if they're facing backward, then the head and neck is cradled by the seat and the chance of injury can be reduced by as much as 80%. Wow, that's a huge amount, isn't it? It is. So the recommendation is that children should stay rearward facing in their seat for as long as they fit in that seat. So ideally, until at least two years of age. And some parents may not be aware that those um, toddler seats can be rear-facing because most people see them facing forward, right? That's right. So a lot of seats these days are convertible. And so when you, your baby starts to outgrow their capsule, which typically might be around six months of age, whilst it's legal after six months 
in Australia to turn a baby forward facing, we would absolutely recommend that you don't do that, that instead you look to use a seat, a bigger seat, because they will need a bigger seat, but rearward facing for a further, you know, one up to two years beyond that six months mark. And have you got any tips on how to placate that child who hates <laughs> travelling backwards? Yeah, so look, there's all the things that lots of people have probably tried and thought of, but, you know, having mirrors, having toys, having things that a child can look at and entertain themselves with can be helpful. If you've got other siblings that are sitting alongside, sometimes that is entertaining because they're actually face-to-face. Sometimes it's an opportunity for an interaction you don't want to be having in the back seat of the car, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's also really about just reframing the fact that, oh, they may not love it, but it's just part of how we actually have to, you know, deal with this until they've reached that milestone where it's safer. And there are some countries in the world where children travel rearward facing some of the Scandinavian countries until up to four years of age. And it's really quite common practice. So it's, it's a bit about, um, our attitudes and just accepting, okay, it's not going to be perfect, but at least we know it's safe. Yeah, we wouldn't let them cross the road without holding our hand. So. And they don't always want to hold your hand and they might be having a bit of a tantrum and you're like, that's bad luck, you're holding my hand. So it is, it's one of those, you know, less fun parenting moments. But we do have a tendency to try and rush through some of these milestones when it comes to car seats. That's what we really found in the study. You know, oh, thank goodness we can turn them forward facing, oh, let's get rid of that five-point harness and let's get rid of the booster altogether. But we kind of need to just slow those milestones down and think, you know what, Actually, it's not the safest choice. Time passes pretty quickly, so we just have to hang in there a bit longer with the car seats. Anthea, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Siobhan. Thank you. That's Dr Anthea Rhodes from the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. We'll put links to the National Child Health Poll in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.